Hello and welcome to Conversations Across the Pond with Angel and Nicola. I'm Nicola and we're just two friends from different continents who connected online and as kindred spirits, even though we agree to disagree on some topics. Join us for no holds barred conversations as we demonstrate that you don't have to agree on everything, but can still be friends. Hi everybody and welcome to this next episode of Conversations Across the Pond with me and Angel. Hello. So um, today we're going to talk about death and it's always an interesting topic because people have so many different views of death, dying, what happens afterwards. So we've both had situations recently that make this quite a current topic to discuss. So let's dive in. So where shall we start? <laughs> do you, well, do you wanna talk a little bit about your experience Friday or? Yeah. Um, my husband's aunt died um, at the beginning of March and it was quite sudden. She wasn't ill very long. Um, and we, the funeral was on Friday and in many ways it was a lovely day because she was very much loved and there was massive turnout and you know the family in particular were devastated and there was sort of that element of understanding how people experience death and dying and then my take on it as well which is often very different and I've well if I sort of go back to when my mum and dad died um you know I'd already formulated some thoughts about death and what it means and although you can't help the physical process that you go through because I think your body goes through a physical process because I remember when my dad died thinking well you know I've been here before I know that it's the start of a new chapter. But by the end of that day, I could already feel my body kind of responding to what had happened in spite of what I intellectually knew. Yeah. Um, so that was really interesting. But also when I look back on what's happened since my mum died, and this ties in very much with the essence map and is part of why the essence map is so important to me her death was a pivotal moment and two weeks after my mum died my dad and I bought a house together and I remember sitting there it was a new house and we sat in the office and my dad said yeah I think we'll have it and I'm like my mum's only been dead two weeks and we've bought a house because he sort of he'd said he didn't want to stay in that house and um, I never thought he'd want to live with me, but he did. So we moved and we lived in this house and it was in a different area that I would never have considered living in. But it was 
it sort of took me to a new job that I started a year after my mum died. And then I had a client and then I went to an event with that client. At that event, I met Chris. Um, and just as Chris and I were kind of getting together, my dad died. And then when that, well, that was 2016 and in 2019, I left my day job. Then about six months later, we decided to move to Derbyshire. But if you look back, none of these things would have happened without the death of my mum. And it was, that was the catalyst for so many things. And, you know, when I think when you look at it from a really pragmatic point of view, and, you know, sometimes it takes time. You can't just go 24 hours later. Yes. You've got, you know, you've got to have some time to elapse. It'll be nine years this year since my mum died and six years since my dad died. So you've got to have that benefit of being able to look back. But I think a lot of people will be able to trace and see what had happened to them in that time and how some of these events are connected. Now, do you feel like that is true? Anytime it's kind of a, um, I would say like a, a large or, or earth shattering kind of uh, event, or do you think it's specific to death really for, for some kind of reason? No, I think it's, it's something that is a change, something that causes change. Um, it doesn't have to be death. It could be you lose your job. It could be yeah. um, the end of a relationship. Um, it could be having a baby. Um, a child going off to school and leaving yeah, home. Yeah, it could be all sorts of different things. But I think what's at the heart of it is the change that it brings from what used to be to the new what is. So it's really shaking things up. Yeah, yeah. You know what, that reminds me of um, a, a friend of a friend talks about, I love the way she talks about how, I don't remember if she uses the term spirit or life or God, whatever the term she uses, how when we kind of get um, kind of calcified into our lives, do you know what I mean? If we get kind of stuck in our habits and our day-to-day -day stuff that we really we're not leaving space for life or God or whatever to get in and to work in your life, really, which, you know, when I say that on the one hand, I'm like, well, I don't think that's true because, you know, life can always get in. There's always space. There's always mm -hmm. space for the light, for life, for whatever. But on the other hand, I, I understand and appreciate what she's saying because like for myself, I know especially over these last two years with COVID and everything, I have gotten into such a routine that um, anytime I kind of go outside of it, it's uncomfortable right now. Mm. And I think that's one of those situations where your box kind of gets smaller and smaller yeah. and you don't realize it until you have to leave the box for some reason, mm. which is how I've been feeling just these past few days, just because my routine has changed so much over these past few days. And it's just been like, Oh, I don't, I don't like this. I'm not comfortable. Mm -hmm. But to your point, I think too, that um, I'll speak for myself. For me, if I really do get stuck in that kind of a rut, I'm not doing things that push me at all. 
And so like for your example, you were talking about the how you can look back now and you see that kind of trail of things that happened mm. and how one led to another led to another. And for me, I feel like I, I'm not out there doing those things right now. You know what I mean? Like a, a, mm. a mama bird would push the baby bird out of the nest and then the bird is forced to fly in much the same way as, you know, when your mom passed, you change was kind of forced on you in, mm. in many ways. And I think that um, I have been kind of, maybe not consciously, but certainly unconsciously trying to protect myself from um, a lot of that, which we can't forever. You know, like I told you before we started recording, my grandmother is actively dying now and um, we live in different states. So it's not like her passing will impact my day to day necessarily, but, and yeah, forgive me if I cry. It's just, it is what it is. It will impact me just because I, you know, think, thinking of her and, and the energy of it and everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I, I think there are sort of two ways things happen. There's the obvious, you know, like, well, you lose your job or somebody dies. And that's often the kick in the seat of the pants. You know, it's when it's something outside your control but then there's the other stuff where you know if you're in a job and it's not working for you you can make the decision to move on and if you don't move on then you're likely to get the kick in the seat of the pants at some point do you know what's so interesting about that though I don't remember if we've ever talked about this maybe we did offline somewhere um I was at that last job for eight years total so I was there for three years and then I left for four years to do my own website business. And then I ended up going back and I was there for five years. And the last probably two years of that, I literally felt like it was killing me. I felt like it was sucking my soul dry. I felt like it was energetically killing me. Um, and yet I, it took me that long to actually leave. It took me getting to the point of like, if I don't leave here, I don't think I'm going to survive. And so I wonder about that sometimes because it's like for someone like me who I don't even know, I was going to say, yeah, I don't even know why I didn't leave. I, I think it was a, a misplaced sense of loyalty. I think it was fear of, you know, what if I don't find another job? What if we, we uh, struggle financially? You know, a, a lot of those what ifs. But I, I do, I wonder if if I hadn't just finally said, you know what, I'm out, y'all can kiss my backside, I'm done, I'm not doing this anymore. If I hadn't finally done that, I do wonder if life would have at some point stepped up and said, hey, mm. you got to go. <laughs> yeah, I do think it happens. I think, um, you know, if you don't, if you don't sort of acknowledge the signs or the red flags, eventually there'll be a big red flag and that will you know that'll be waving and there's nothing you can do about it but I, I think we always get signs along the way but you know we can choose not to do something about it yeah I definitely had signs I was just choosing to ignore them and it, to my detriment obviously you know? mm. <laughs> yeah yeah I think the clues are always there 
Yeah. Do you think that kind of thing is easier to see looking back? Yeah, I think I think sometimes when you've had some experience, you can see them along the way. Mm. You know, as you get older, I think, you know, you can see stuff that you wouldn't have seen, say, 20 years ago. But I think some of it, you have to have some elapsed time to be able to really see what happened. That makes sense. You know, so and, and like with my mum, to, to really see all those milestones, you've got to have a certain length of time. You know, just my dad and I moving into a house together, you know, it was it was different, but it's on its own, it's not really that yes. sort of meaningful but yes. when you put it together with you know it's like if my mum hadn't died my dad and I wouldn't have moved into the house if I'd not gone there I probably wouldn't have started the job if I'd not started the job I wouldn't have met the client it's like all these if that ha hadn't happened then and I, I find that really interesting because I love the film the adjustment bureau as well I don't know if you've ever seen oh, that yes that Matt one Damon. and like sliding doors yeah kind of thing. Yeah. yeah and you know I do kind of subscribe to that theory where you know they had that book and you could see people you know moving along this moving, map yeah. and they were going oh yeah well they've got to meet so we've got to you know throw a cup of coffee down a girl's blouse so that she does this that and the other um and I do think there is some element of that somewhere that is putting us on these paths. I, I don't think it's just by chance that it happens. Yeah. There's, there's something that is guiding us somehow. You know, it's, and I'm not sure what it is. I mean, it's like, I don't really want to say, oh, it's fate and but I think there's, there's some energy that is yeah. making all this happen. Um, kind of pulling strings a little bit, I think. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's something that happens to us. And also, yeah. the, the other thing, you know, if you want to go back to death, and, you know, I know your grandma's still alive, but the timing of all these things it all happens in perfect time as well. You know, the time that somebody dies and then the impact that it has on those people, it's, it's all for a reason. And, you know, with the people at the weekend, you know, I was kind of thinking, I wonder what shifts this experience is going to make in your lives and how this new chapter is going to open and what that will look like. But it's it's sort of, it's not just about the person who's died, but it's about that, the impact Absolutely. on everybody around them. And um, yeah. yeah, it's, it and it's creating those shifts that I talk about and say it's to help you understand yourself more. And you know, unless you go through that kind of emotional, traumatic or shifting from one state to another, you're not, you haven't got, 
that sort of that thing coming into the mix that is churning everything up you know it's um something has to happen to us so yeah. that we we start to change and um unfortunately it has to often be something quite dramatic to really help us to open our eyes yeah do you ever wish that you could sit and like and yes a funeral is probably not the place to do it but like I, I wish sometimes that I could sit and talk with people just randomly about mm. what you just talked about the the thing about um you know how this event whether it is a death or something else how this event has the potential to just blow them wide open mm. maybe even in the best possible way yeah and no maybe they can't see it right now but maybe later they will yeah you know well we talked quite a bit on friday um and somebody said you know they hadn't realized how many people are impacted by death and you know they'd spoken to people since chris's aunt had died and a lot of them had said oh yeah you know my mum died or someone died and but there's also this thing about people don't talk about it yeah you know and it happens probably to all of us at some point we experience some sort of bereavement yet people don't don't speak about it and people don't know how to talk about it they don't know how to talk to someone who's had somebody die close to them and it's it's quite a shame really because mm -hmm. There's so much to learn from it and learn from each other's experiences. And, you know, it, it is such a, a life-changing experience. It's, Absolutely. it's right up there with the things that are going to shift you in some way. And, um, and I think there are so many different perspectives on it. And, you know, I always say... I, my perspective may be completely wrong, but it works for me. And that's mm -hmm. the perspective that I choose. Yeah, like um, I, I mentioned a little bit ago that I was talking with my aunt this weekend mm. on Friday, I got to see her and um, she's very open to all kinds of things, to life after death, to angels, to energy, to spirit. She's, um, she does Reiki, you know, so, and it was really interesting because she said something about when um, she was there, when her mom, my grandma on that side passed, and she was there when her dad passed too. And she made a comment about um, another family member who was not, uh, you know, willing or able to be there for whatever reason and said, I really think it's because there's such an intense fear of death. Mm. But then she said, but I'm not afraid of it anymore. And she looked at me and she was like, I don't think you are either. And I was like, I'm not, I am afraid of the process of dying. Like, I don't want to mm. be murdered or something that's painful yeah, yeah. or, or yeah. traumatic that way, you know, but, but death itself and just not being here anymore. I'm not afraid of that because I know, and know, like we've said, I can't prove it. I don't mm. have any empirical mm. evidence, but I know for myself that 
I would call it a soul. My soul will go on even after this physical body doesn't anymore. And so I'm not like, like I'm, I'm cool with it. And I don't want, I, when I say that, I don't want it to sound like, what's the word? I don't want it to sound like I'm being silly or like I'm taking it too lightly or anything like that, because that's not it. It's just, I do have kind of a, a deep piece about all of it really. Like I feel like, but then that too, see, this is the other, this is the other side of this. This is the part that I really get excited about. And I know we're kind of going off of what happens after death and we can circle back because that is interesting too. But like when my mother passed and I had that whole thing around, she will never walk barefoot on grass again. She will never see a sunset again. She'll never enjoy another glass of wine. I realized so those things would not have bothered me if they weren't important to me, mm. you know, but it was, it was the shakeup and the wake up of her passing that made me realize that was important yeah. to me. Yeah. And so then that offered me an opportunity. Like you're talking about, this is the shakeup, right? Like that offered me a very clear opportunity to, oh, maybe I need to go walk barefoot in the grass more often. Maybe I need to enjoy the breeze and the sunset more often. Yeah. Maybe I need to sit on the back porch and enjoy a glass of wine. You know, that's a really interesting one. Those are the things though. Mm. Those are the things, those are the, like, that's a really practical way that this kind of shakeup that we're talking about can have a, a, a real and practical and grounded impact on our day-to-day lives moving mm. forward. If we let it. Yeah. If we let yeah. it. I think the importance and, you know, I'm not always good at this is it's about not it's not about fear of death it's often about fear of living and people don't live well enough so they don't want to die because they feel like they've not done what they they were here to do or they've not lived their life and I mean I'm like you and I think especially since my mum and dad died and because of what I believe um you know it's you get to a point where you've got so many people who are dead that you'd like to kind of reconnect with and I know you can you know you can connect with them in different ways now but you know that is going to be a different sort of reconnection um so it's like it was almost like well you know, I believe that we've got other things to do. And I believe that, um, you know, when we die, we can become energy and we return to source. And, um, you know, it's not, we only, it's only our physical body that, that goes. Um, I've lost my train of thought a little bit there, but um, yeah, it's sort of, it was those two things, you know, well, there's loads of people that, I love who aren't here anymore and I'd like to see them again and connect with them. Anita Morjani's book is really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's it? Dying. Dying. Dying to be me. To be me. Yeah. Um, and I like the bit about how she talks about her dad and being energy and, um, you know, that's such a great book. And it kind of, when I read it, I thought this kind of confirms a lot of the things that, I've concluded or I believe um, 
and yeah it was a really sort of helpful experience to to read about yeah you know that's one of those things that like um so again when my mother passed it was just like a few days after she passed and i woke up in the middle of the night from a sound sleep and i saw like this dark person shaped something at the foot of my bed and without thought like before i had just woken up out of a dead sleep and without any thought i sat up straight and i was like no we are not doing this right now i am not ready for this you need to go and it went and i i just knew it was her i just knew it was her and she was trying to say goodbye or or mm. maybe make amends i don't know what but i was just like i'm not ready for this mm. but that experience for me was a like I wasn't still asleep. I know people would say I was still asleep and, and mm. make all of these excuses for why it's not quote unquote real, but it was very real to me. Mm. And so that was like a real experience for me. So then I have that. I'm sure everybody or almost everybody has something like that that they could point to if mm. they wanted to, but then seeing or, or reading things like um, Anita Morjani's book. And um, there was that neuroscientist book. He he died and came back and he talked about his experience. I mean, there've been a ton, there've been mm -hmm. just dozens and dozens over the years. Right. So reading for me, reading those and kind of being able to plug into their experience to a degree helps to just remind me, you know, because I think too, that I get caught up in life and in the fast pace and in the fears especially mm -hmm. here in america there's just there's so much fear around everything all the time it's just like baked in and i think it's really easy to get caught up in all of that stuff so having that kind of reminder mm -hmm. you know what that makes me i wonder if we should put maybe we'll put a little resource list of these kinds of books and things if we can yeah, think of any and yeah, just add to them as we go yeah for people that might like that that might help yeah because i do i think that's really helpful just to have that reminder of like, no, it's, it doesn't stop here. Mm. There is something else. I think the important thing, whatever your perspective is to find a view that makes sense to you. And it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. Yeah. But I just work on the basis that if an idea makes me feel good and it feels positive to me and it makes sense then that's that's good enough and you know I think whatever people believe if it makes them feel positive and upbeat and it helps them in their lives that's that's all you need I, I was reading a post on medium um and someone was talking about this topic and there were quite a few negative comments about well where's your empirical evidence and you know where point point me to your sources that have given you this information but it doesn't work like that it's it's kind of something that you conclude over time or you contemplate something and that's the conclusion that you reach and it's there is no empirical evidence i mean we could die and find that we're both completely wrong you know that the whole experience is completely different to what we believe it is but you know for now and based on what i know and things that i've learned over the years it makes total sense 
Um, But you can't, well, it's like Chris, I was talking to Chris about it and he said, well, you know, it's like people who believe in God. There's no empirical evidence to say that God exists, but you have the faith that you believe that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this goes back to one of our other topics that we're going to circle back to. (laughs) Having no way to absolutely prove many of the things we think and therefore being open to changing our minds. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that whole thing. Um, and I think for a lot of people, especially lately, that's where things get so sticky is because, so for someone like me, I, I don't want to say I venerate science. I, I don't feel that way. I, I respect science. I feel like it's given us a lot. I mean, it's, it's kept humanity moving forward over the generations, as far as I'm concerned. And it's, it is no more the end all be all than anything else mm. than religion or, you know, yeah, I, yeah, that's, <laughs> oh, I could go down a whole different rabbit hole here, mm. but I'll pull us back to what happens after death. But yeah, we probably do need to talk about that one at some point mm. because it's so, um, I feel like it's one of those topics that's got like these big tendrils. Yeah. It just keeps reaching out and touching more and more and more like a big old octopus. I think as well, though, you know, there's we think that we know so much because, you know, we have all this science and research that's done on different things. But I really wonder how much we're just scratching the surface. Oh, absolutely. You know, if you start thinking yeah. about, you know, other worlds and other civilizations that may or may not exist you know if they had technology that far surpasses ours you know the stuff that we think is kind of the bee's knees may be minuscule in comparison to what is available and I think there's always a danger for us to think that whatever perspective we have is kind of is right when there's there could be so much it's I think you've always got to be open to the fact that we have no no idea what else might be out there Mm -hmm. we we only know what we know and you know that there could be so much more that could be completely different in so many ways yeah I mean, even like with the, you know, what happens after death stuff, it's like, yes, I have my own, I I believe like you do, I I believe that, or very similarly at least, I believe that, you know, when we pass from here, so I expect that my soul will kind of dissipate into the greater energy and become part of that. And, um, you know, I don't know if that means that my I do I do actually I'm curious about this for you I do believe that I I as the soul maintain some kind of some kind of semblance of individuality on some level Mm. just because I also believe in like soul family and Mm. I believe that um before we're born I do think that we choose you know, kind of the, the family that we're going to be born into and with and, and kind of the, the major life circumstances and major challenges that we're going to face and all of that. Um, so I do believe that there's some kind of, that we maintain some kind of um, 
individuality, even as we come, we become part of mm. the source on the whole. Mm. Do you think the same? Yeah, and I think I think the whole idea of our lives is to try to get to a point where that you know soul essence or whatever you want to call it, we've kind of got to that point. And I think maybe, you know, like with Chrissy's aunt, maybe she'd reached that point where she'd got as close to her soul essence as she could and her work here was done. And I think, you know, the, the whole point of all these things that happened to us is to peel back the layers and help us to connect to that essence and I think you know it's it's that journey we've we've got to go on this journey to really understand who we are and there's that sort of fine line between life and death and the closer we get to that fine line the more we're ready to kind of evolve and ascend to the next level so I think there's it's when you say, you know, there's this, what did you call it? This sort of version of you at a soul level. I think we embody it, but sometimes we don't live it because we've got all this other stuff on us that society lays on. And, and I mean, this is probably another topic, but I do think that society is designed to prevent us from connecting to our soul selves. And, you know, our journey here is to connect to our soul selves, but the way the, the world is set up is to prevent us to do, from doing that because it's not in the interests of whoever's running the planet. So, yeah, there's a few things at play, I think. Yeah. So do you, I started smiling while you were talking because I, at that moment is when I, I felt like, oh, I get what she's saying. So let me ask you if that was true. So what I think I heard you say is that, so like we're born and we come into this society and we're kind of, you know, trained into whatever society we're born into and you grow and you kind of take on more and more and more stuff. It's kind of put on you. And so then is, is it almost, do you think it's almost a thing of like, you go through that to whatever degree, depending on who you are as a soul and a human and all of that. And then after that point, you start kind of taking those things off. Mm. And as you become closer to, let's see, as you age, you get closer to who you truly are as yeah. a soul. Is that? And it doesn't, it, you may do it. I think everybody's journey is going to be different. You know, some people might have an awakening in their teen years and, yeah, you know, they are able to kind of live their soul self or their essence and others of us it takes much longer we kind of know that there's something more but yeah. we don't know how to get to it and life's experiences are the catalyst that help us peel off another layer mm. it's like being an onion and we want to get to the middle of the onion but society puts on layers and we you know we have protection layers that we put on as we grow older and it's finding a way to 
be your true self you know that's I think that's well for me that's the journey that's what it's all about but of course you know you're born and then you've got this whole amnesia thing because I think when Mm -hmm. you're born probably up to about seven you remember a lot of this stuff and you know you you kind of connect with things and you understand stuff and then as you go through school and you you start having all this stuff put on you you start losing it and you forget and it's then you know you're in your 30s and 40s and you start to remember and it's a bit of a a surprise and it sounds like you're in cloud cuckoo land because it's not what you used to Mm -hmm. it's I mean it's a crazy process in a way but that's how I think it works I think it's exciting actually just sitting here listening to you talk about it I get excited again (laughs) I remember when my little dude was very little he's almost 16 now but he was well he was talking so um and he was speaking full sentences. He was probably maybe four or five. I don't remember if he was actually in kindergarten yet, but he was maybe four or five. He would tell me, he was very insistent that he would talk about this, this white house that we used to live in. And I kept trying to figure out what, what are you talking? Because at the time we had only ever lived in one house since he'd been born. And it was very much not a white house. It was like a brown house. <laughs> Couldn't confuse it. <laughs> And I kept trying to think, what is he talking about? I kept trying to like, did he see pictures from when his dad was little? Did he see pictures from when I was little? I didn't live in a white house when I was little. What is he talking about? And then he finally, and I don't remember what he said now, but he finally said something else about it. And I was like, oh my God, he is talking about a past life. Whoa. I was just like, oh, holy shit. And that was another one of those things. Like I, I had always believed it or, or, you know, since I could remember for years and years, decades, but I had never had like a firsthand memory myself. And so to hear him talk about that, I was just like, and he was, he was little enough. Mm. And I was like, I bet he does remember still. Like if I can ask him now, he doesn't remember anymore, Mm. but there were several things like that, that we talked about when he was just just Mm. knee high to a grasshopper. And it was just, it blew my mind. Mm. I think that stuff is very exciting. I really do. And again, it's just, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. I thought everything was silenced. I've met people as well where I felt an instant connection with them. Mm -hmm. You know, and you don't know them from Adam, but there's some, some connection and it's got to come from somewhere yes see I don't want to hog the (laughs) no go on (laughs) I get so excited talking about this though I forget how excited I get about this another my little dude again when he was born so um when I was pregnant with him it was right before the whole it was right as the whole like 4d uh ultrasound thing was was getting big Mm -hmm. but they uh the insurance companies over here did not cover it so And it was just outrageously expensive. So we just did just a normal ultrasound to make sure that everything was okay. But for the last like three months of my pregnancy, I was like obsessed with, I need to know what this person looks like. I need to know who this is. And then when he was finally born, I remember they handed him to me 
And I looked at him and everything in me was just like, oh, that's right. It's you. And if I did, I mean, I, I can say those words to you, mm. but I can't, I can't ever get the feeling across to anyone. It was a full body knowing I knew him mm. in that moment. I don't know if, you know, I don't have any recollection of how he looked before or anything like mm. that, but I knew everything in my, every cell in my body knew that I knew this other soul mm. and recognized him in a way that I had never recognized anybody in my life. I have goosebumps again, just talking about <laughs> it now. And um, if I hadn't believed in life after death before then, if I hadn't actually believed in soul family before then, mm. that would have changed everything for me, having that that visceral experience myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. That's amazing. I think it happens. I mean, I, I can't think of all of them. And, you know, sometimes you just meet a complete stranger and you just have a connection with them. And then that's it. You know, you never see them again. Yeah. But there's there's something there that you go, whoa, I kind of knew them. Or, yeah, I've had a few of those at different times. But um, Chris and I... Um, we have probably been in the same places before we met in 2015 um, because we both used to go roller skating at a place called the Nevada in Bolton. And I'm a little bit older than Chris, but you know, even with the age difference, we reckon that we would have been there at the same time. Um, I'm just trying to think, there, there, was a, there were a few other things as well where, oh, I know, my mum and dad, um, they had a post office and it wouldn't have been at the same time, but Chris worked in a shop a couple of doors up from the post office, which, you know, it's kind of a spooky connection and it's just really funny. That's why, you know, I think yeah. of it like the Adjustment Bureau, you know, yeah. you could walk past somebody and have no idea that you're walking past them. But, um, well, I would have been going to the Nevada in, when I was about 15, 16. Um, I met Chris when I was, I would have been about 50. So yeah, do the maths on that one. Um, but yeah, you know, you just never know. You just no. really never know. And and I, I think as well, that you know if something is meant to happen it will do and you know it's you sometimes just got to allow the, the time to elapse to make it happen I mean I never thought I'd be getting married I think I was 54 when I got married you know I never thought I was going to get married then mm -hmm. um, and you know I was single for a long long time before I met Chris but you just you just never know what life has in store for you yeah that's funny I see I love those kinds of stories yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so fun <laughs> so fun yeah well I don't know whether we've really answered the question today we've kind of gone off at tangents again but, <laughs> as usual um, I know I know um, that's part of the fun of us I think 
Yeah. Yeah. One never does know which, which path we're going to take off on. <laughs> no. And it's, uh, I mean, it's, I think I, I learn quite a lot, even from what I say out loud, you know, sometimes I think this stuff and then you say it out loud or, you know, we bat things back and forth between us and it kind of adds another layer of illumination onto mm -hmm. the topic and yeah. And I think just to, I know I've said this before, but I think just a depth too. And so many times you've said something and I've just been like, huh, I never thought about it that way or huh. Mm. I never really, or I never really thought about that at all, you know, that particular topic or whatever. And it's just, I love that because it does feel like, feels like making a, a cake or something, you know, and, yeah. and it's almost like a cake can go from, oh, that was pretty good to, whoa, that was fantastic mm -hmm. with just one extra ingredient sometimes, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's our conversations to me is like, it can go from whatever I had been thinking about in my own little head to, oh, wow, that's really like, that's really interesting. I'm really excited. There's something in me that's, that's lit up now with having had this conversation with mm -hmm. you. So, and I think as well, you know, the part of the reason why we started this was to have these kind of discussions that were a safe place to talk yes. about stuff. And I just, it's so sad that in general, you can't just sit down with somebody and have these sorts of conversations, either because they'd think you were completely do lally, um, or it ha would have to be so black and white. And I think there's just so much room in the world for these sorts of conversations so that we can yeah. all explore different ideas. And, you know, maybe somebody say something that just adds another element to to your thought process that helps you expand your own thinking um yeah i think the world needs more of these yeah, conversations anyway on that note shall we say goodbye yeah. for today this was good <laughs> as always i would say <laughs> well thank you all for listening and um yeah we will be back again and who knows what the topic will be <laughs> yes indeed thanks you guys take care bye for now thanks so much for listening to conversations across the pond with angel and nicola i'm angel and we are thrilled that you're along for the ride with us if you enjoyed this episode remember to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you're notified each time we publish a new one this is a passion project for both of us, so to find us online, please go to agentlelife.co.uk to find Nicola and to rootedmystic.com to find Angel. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.